I, I want to look at this today and see some prayer objectives. Uh, three generalized prayer objectives in this. The Apostle Paul is, is, is teaching us what to pray about. You ever worry about that? I do. I think about that. You know, it's, I heard a preacher say a few years ago, in our churches today, we got the healthiest livers there, there we could have. We're praying about our physical needs all the time. And we should. But what about the spiritual aspect of our life? We need to be praying about the spiritual side of our life, that we would be spiritually healthy, right? And you know, it's not very far. Spiritual health can help us in our physical health, right? I mean, I wouldn't say everyone is sick because of a spiritual reason. I would not say that at all. But spiritually, being healthy spiritually can impact our physical health. And if it doesn't impact our physical health, it at least impacts our attitude, dear. Yes. Yes. You know, I visited the hospital before expecting to encourage someone only to find them on their deathbed encouraging me because their spiritual health was there. They had put it all in the hands of God and they were ready to meet the Lord. And that's where we need to be. It'll be well with our soul if we put it in his hands. Now let's read this beginning with verse 9 through 11. Three short verses. And Paul says, for this cause, because of your relationship with Christ, because you're one with Christ, he said, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And then the second general category, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then he gives us, I think it's a third category, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, yes. unto all patience, long-suffering with joyfulness. Now, these three verses, I do think that we can take them as a prayer guide. A prayer guide. To guide us in our prayer life when we pray an intercessory prayer. And we are to pray intercessory prayer, aren't we? And uh, this is an inspired prayer right here. It's an inspired by the Holy Spirit prayer. So it would be definitely down the line of something that we need to learn and practice in our prayer life, right? And so we look at this uh, Holy Spirit-inspired prayer. It teaches us about intercessory prayer. The Bible teaches us to pray for one another. Now, you've had your prayer journals since, de since the end of December, January. I hope you haven't put them away, putting them away and forgotten about them. I hope you're still using it. I took uh, a copy of your names with me while I was in Jerusalem. And I went through my four weeks while I was in Jerusalem. So you got prayed for from the Holy Land. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And, and so I'm still praying for you each day. Uh, it's amazing to me. Some, it, it is amazing to me how often that uh, I encounter uh, someone on the day I prayed for. 
and you just relate that. I want to encourage you to continue with your prayer journal, and you might want to guide your prayers uh, according to this scripture. Now, surely pray for our sick folks and, and pray for those that are suffering and those that are hurting, and, you know, that's just, that's just easy to know that we should do that. But these are the advancements that we need to pray for, that people would move on, that we would grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I believe that when Paul said he prayed for them, I believe he prayed faithfully for them. And so the reason you have a journal with a list of names, if you don't have one, you can still get one, is so that we can remember one another in prayer one day every four weeks. Okay? And, you know, I would say this. You don't have to pray for everybody every day, but if you pray for them one time every four weeks, you're probably praying for them more this year than you did last year. So let's pray for one another. Now, let's think about these objectives here. The first one, he says, that it, it has to do with knowing the will of God. I don't know about you, but I wrestle with this thing. I wrestle with knowing the will of God. I can look out there and say what the will of God generally is, but man, specifically, I struggle with it. And so he is teaching us here to pray about that for other people, that they would follow the will of God, even if we don't know it. I don't know I'm doing it. Pray for me that I could be in the will of God in what I'm doing. Look at verse 9. He said, For this cause we also, since the day uh, we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. The, the will of God's important in our life. It, it's vital. Over in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, I think we need to be praying that God would lead us and direct us according to his will, that we'd be able to follow his will, that we'd be concerned about his will, that we would do his will. Over in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it talks about that we might prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to pray for others and pray for ourselves that we would find God's will and live God's will. Now, the Colossian people were, were faced with many ways to seek direction in life. They, they were... They were uh, confronted with pagan, demonic ways of finding direction. You know, cards and such as that thing, like those type of things that are uh, for us. We shouldn't lean on those things. We should call out to God. We should pray that God would direct us in his will, that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, God's will has more to do in the spiritual realm than it even does in the physical realm. God's will for us is maybe to go through troubled times, but during that troubled time, God's will primarily would be that we would live out uh, like Christ would have us to live during that time. Of course, God's ultimate will, we can see that in, in the, the model prayer. How many know the model prayer? Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, right? We should pray that Jesus would come today. We should always be praying that the Lord would come. He's coming. We don't know when. That's it. We're looking for that day. So we need to be praying about knowing God's will and praying for God's will to be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Now, he, he, he adds to this, he said, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We need to pray that God would give us wisdom. Now, when you pray for wisdom, James tells us to pray for wisdom, doesn't he? In James 1, 5, if any man, what, lack wisdom, let him pray, ask God for wisdom. So if you're in a, touch, a touchy situation, a tough situation, or a major decision in your life, you need to pray. Start praying as soon as you can. If you're a young person, you need to be praying about God's direction in your life, God's purpose for you, what he wants you to do. So those things are important. But he said pray that he would give us wisdom. Now the Bible teaches us wisdom. The book of Proverbs is filled with wisdom. And so I want to encourage you to read God's word. If you're going to pray for wisdom, you need to take advantage of what God has already given us to learn wisdom from, and that would be the Bible. Now, when you go to the will of God, when you plan the will of God, some people, some people do the lucky dip. Uh, they take the Bible, and they close the Bible, and they say, okay, Lord, let me put my finger on the one. You, you, I don't say you've done this. Everybody's done it, right? We've all, but that's not the way to seek God's will. One guy was, uh, was trying that lucky dip one time, and he, he said... Uh, he put his finger on that verse, and it said, and Judas went out and hanged himself. He said, man, that ain't no good. Let me try that again. <laughs> he flipped that Bible closed. He opened it up again. He put his finger, go thou and do thou likewise. He said, man, I'm giving up on this. This is not the way to find God's will. Amen. The lucky dip don't always work our way. You know, it's like I was when I was a kid. I was a Cardinal fan, and I had... Anybody ever have Stratomatic baseball when they was a kid? That is so old, you probably don't have any more. But, you know, it's amazing to me how the Cardinals always won the pennant. They always won the tough games, and the hard decision, they always come out on top. Hey, it's like my wife. Whatever team she's rooting for, she never sees anything wrong. She is as blue as she can be or as red as she can be, whoever she's cheering for. And, you know, we're all that way, and, and that's okay but we need to pray the will of God. Not by superstition that are we guided. I remember one time a little girl, I, I can't remember her name, she married this guy, and he was pretty rough. I, you wouldn't advise your daughter to marry the guy. And she said, well, I know it was God's will because when he asked me to marry him, I saw a rainbow in the sky. Well, you know what? I don't know why that rainbow was there, but <laughs> it could have been a lot of reasons, right? We need to pray about the will of God. We need to pray for one another that we can find and live out the will of God. We need to apply the principles of God's word, and we need to pray. Now, the second one he gives us. He says that we would walk worthy. Boy, that's important. Notice verse 10. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord. Now, first of all, we've got to make this clear. Never will we be worthy of our salvation. We're never going to equal the, the worthiness that we have in being saved. And God doesn't want us to try to do that because that's a hopeless situation. We'll never be worthy. But we can live and walk the Christian life in a worthy manner that brings honor and glory to Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that you'll never make any mistakes. It means when you make a mistake, you say, I was wrong. 
Can you get up off the ground and go forward? We are to walk worthy of the Lord. That's, we need to pray about that. Pray for one another that we can live, we could even use the word obedient life. Obedient to Scripture. Obedient to the Holy Spirit. Obedient to the direction that God gives us. Look at verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Man, is that not full of spiritual maturity that we might grow as a Christian? That we'd be stronger? We're praying for people to grow up in the faith. That they not stay a little child. You know, when a little child is born, uh, the Bible says the Christian is just like a little child. We're a babe in Christ. And they need milk. And they need nourishment. They need their diaper changed. But after a while, they want something more than milk, don't they? They, they want some, some cereal, and, and they want some eggs, and, and, and all those. And then, hey, if they grow up, they're going to want some meat. Amen. And you ladies out there, don't be ashamed of the fact that you like a T-bone steak. Amen. That's womanhood, right? <clears throat> Strong woman. Hey, as a Christian, we start on the milk of the Word. We grow to the cereal, the little baby food of the Christian life, but we need to grow into the meat of the Word. And we always need the manna of God's Word to sustain us. That's that simple stuff that's always true and always good. So he talks that we might grow. We pray for one another that we would grow, verse 10, that we might walk worthy of the Lord. If you're going to walk worthy of the Lord, it means this. If you're going to walk worthy to the Lord, it means this, that you're going to follow Christ. Amen. You're going to follow Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, you become more like Jesus. Right? So that prayer, he said that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. You know, I, I, I think of, of, of Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. I'm going to have to read it because I can't get it going. Somebody won't get it going for me. Hebrews 11, 6, it talks about our faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. I'll get you to just the core of what I'm trying to say. The Christian life, we need to realize that we're trying to please Jesus. Now, number one, I want you to understand this. It's pretty easy to please someone that loves you as much as he loves you. It's pretty easy. Let's keep it there, okay? Let's stay there for a moment. That uh, if you're not careful, you become a legalistic person with legalistic philosophy, legalistic ideals. Uh, and, and let's be careful not to ever go there. Legalism is the enemy of the Christian life, and the book of Galatians was written to combat legalism. It means that we have a regimented way that things have to be done and we have to follow these regimen. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When you put that on other people, they can't live up to that. And do you realize and you will realize someday that you can't even live up to it either? We're not to practice legalism, but we're to try to please the Lord. We're to try to please the Lord. Look at it. That we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. And it should be our thought about everything we do, is this pleasing to Jesus? Is this what Jesus wants me to do? Let's pray for one another that we would get to that point. And then he says, being fruitful in every good work. 
we sow, right? We got some farmers here. You plant some seed. You plant some grass. And what do you do if it's dry? You water it. You water it. What do you do when the weeds grow up? You try to cut them out of it. And what's your goal? It's to get a harvest, right? And, and, and we need to be praying. That's watering our work. When you're witnessing someone, you witness someone, you've you got a neighbor that you're trying to lead to Jesus, you, you need to live pleasing to the Lord in front of them, not as a perfect person, not as a legalistic person, but as a real testimony of what Jesus can do in the life of a person. And then we need to pray that God would let that be nourished and grow and develop. If you go out witnessing with us, as we're hoping that you will do on Saturdays, we're doing, it, we're doing it every other Saturday right now. We meet here at 9 in the morning, I think it is. And, and you go out with us, let me tell you what's going to happen if you do what you should do. You're going to knock on some doors of people that you don't know, and you're going to have some names of people that you develop a relationship with. What I want to encourage you to do is make a list and pray and pray. You know how God does this thing of saving people? It's from faith to faith, according to Romans 10. Faith to faith. I may go out and talk to someone tomorrow, and, and it's my goal to share a little seed with them that might grow up in their heart to bring them Christ. Someone else will come along and water that seed. I may come back by and water that seed again. And there definitely will be a time that the old wicked one will send one of his black birds by to try to pull that seed out of their heart and so we go encourage that and someone come, God sends somebody God and when you go out on visitation when you talk to people about Jesus God is sending you he's sending you not to win the war but just to be a part of the harvest what does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 9 it's God that gives the increase it's God that got to do the same. So we need to be praying about walking worthy. And let me tell you, if we're not witnessing, we're not walking worthy. Everything Jesus did in the Gospels was leading men and women to testify of his grace, of his wonderful works. Let's pray about those things. And we, it should be a priority. We need to be faithful every day. Uh, and he's, as he said there uh, in verse 10, every fruitful and every good work. You know, the Bible teaches that we'll do greater things than Christ did. What are the greatest things we can do? Well, let me ask you this. What's the most valuable thing in all of eternity, all of the world? One soul. Do you know that your soul in God's evaluation is the most valuable thing in all the world? And every one of us has a soul. Wow. One man decided to build bigger barns. He said, I got to tear these old barns. They're outdated. I got to tear these barns down. And I'm going to build bigger barns. I'm going to build my world. I'm going to build my kingdom till my kingdom come. My will be done. What did the Lord say to him? This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Boy, when we're planning, we better be planning Jesus in the plans. 
And when we're planning, we better be planning on dying. How many's here thinking about dying for a moment? Think about dying. It is appointed unto man wants to die. It'd be okay if that was it, right? If you just die and be done, you don't die and you're done. It's appointed unto man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. So we got a soul that's more valuable than anything in the world. And God has assigned it to you, and you're responsible for it, and you're to take care of it. And his design is for you to bring it back to the cross and kneel down there and give that soul to God. One of these days, you're going to stand before God. One day, you will stand before God. You will give an answer. You will give an account. And it's not, not my job to scare you. It's my job to awaken you and to warn you that you need to be prepared for that. There needs to be the time and the place that you give your heart to Jesus. God so loved the world that his son died on the cross. He died on the cross for the sins of the world. He died for your sins. There needs to be a time and a place that you come to an altar somewhere and you give your soul to God and trust Jesus to pay for your sins and to cleanse you of your sins and give you a new life, a new hope, and a new future. Amen. Now, that's the second prayer objective, the goal. As we look at the last part of verse 10, it's still in the second one. It says that we would increase in the knowledge of God. Some of us get saved and we say, well, that's done. Got her done. I go to church. I go to work. I go back to church. I sample the sermon. I live on spiritual food one time a week. If I ate like that physically, like some of us eat spiritually, I wouldn't have a weight problem. I'd have a nourishment problem. Because if all you're getting is what you get on the Lord's Day on Sunday, you have a nourishment problem. We're to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. That's why I was so excited tonight. We're going to show some pictures tonight, a part of our service, of our trip. That's why I was so excited to get to go to Israel. What a blessing it was to be able to go. Thank you for helping me, those of you that helped. What a blessing just to know, to be where Jesus was. I don't think everybody has to do that or even needs to do that. But as a preacher, it really, it really fires you up and gives you, enhances what you're preaching about. But we need to know God. God's got a lot more for you and I to learn about. Be careful not to become judgmental. Be careful not to become legalistic. But grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you know, that's what Peter tells us. Peter, uh, Paul here says, grow in the knowledge of God. But Peter, because he was a legalist, anybody get that? Peter, because he was a legalist, said you need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, when you grow in Christ, don't grow judgmental. Grow, don't grow condemning. But be a fruitful vine. Fruits unto good works. Now the last one he gave us. Verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to the glorious power 
unto all patience and long-suffering and joyfulness. Now, verse 1 and 2 in these, verse 9 and 10, 9 talks about the will of God, 10 talks about walking worthy, but the last verse, it talks about hanging in there every day. You know, we need to pray for one another that we be able to keep on keeping on, to use an old term, that we can stay with it. You know, somebody uh, gets in trouble and, and, and they make a big mistake in their life, and the, you know what the world will say? The world will say, oh, I knew they never was any good. They was always a phony and a philosopher. You know, that's not true. That's not true. Have anybody ever seen go through something like that? I've seen them have a bad day. I've seen them have a bad period in their life. It wasn't that they were always a hypocrite. They become hypocritical. And why did they do that? Because that sustaining power was not there. Notice he said, pray for them. Strengthening them. Verse 11, strengthened with all might according to God's glorious power. Unto all, there's that word, all patience and long-suffering and joyfulness. We need to pray for one another. Pray for one another. Pray for me. I beg you to pray for me. Pray for long-suffering. I can't say that word without stretching it out. Pray for patience. I want to take things in my own hands. Do you? I want to do it myself. I want to fix it. I need to be patient. I need to be long-suffering. You know, what's the, the key word for the Christian is wait. You, you look up that word in the, in the Bible. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Wait. We want it now. And some people want it now and it don't happen now. And they walk out. They give up. He says, pray for, I'm praying for you that you'd be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto patience and long-suffering and then the last one, joyfulness. You know, joy is a wonderful thing. Happiness comes and goes. But joy can be there when there's no reason to have happiness. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, folks, we need to pray for one another. Now, Paul closes this thing out by giving thanks. He says in verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father. Our prayer life needs to be always opened up with thanksgiving and praise and always closed out with thanksgiving and praise. But these, I believe, are three critical categories that we need to pray for one another. About the will of God, about living worthy, walking worthy, and about developing character and sustaining power in our life. I want to challenge you to pray for one another. Let's bow our heads. As our musicians come for our invitation, I want to give you opportunities that we stand to our feet. If you are not saved, if you have not been saved, would you come today, give your heart to Christ? Would you trust Jesus? as your Savior today. If you're a Christian and you're struggling along, won't you surrender? Lay your heart down on the altar. 
Lay your life down on the altar and say, Jesus, guide me. Lead me in your will. Lead me in the direction. Help me have the character to sustain this thing, to stay with it, to not give up, not give in. Would you come? Would you come? You need to come pray with somebody. Become a Christian today. Commit your life to Christ. Would you come? Would you come and give your heart to Jesus? Start the Christian life today. Would you come? Today is the day of salvation. Why don't you come right now? One more verse. You come and give your heart to Jesus. I'll meet you right here. Give your heart to Jesus. God bless. Isn't God good? God is good all, all, all the time. Uh, Want our ushers come to receive the morning offering? Let's. Uh, I didn't say anything earlier, but let's pray.